Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... I can say that one of the most asked questions and the most unanswered question of the 1980s and possibly the 1990s is this. Is there life on other planets? Out there, are there substantial thinking creatures who can at least match our intellect? If so, are they friendly or hostile? What do they look like? And will we be able to communicate with them? However, our tale today is not so much, is there intelligent life in outer space, but is there intelligent life right here? Amos, look there, quick, between the moon and that tall tree. It's coming closer. What is it? If this were the 4th of July instead of the 4th of December, I'd say it was a blue pinwheel gone crazy. Amos, it's not spinning. It's lighting up the sky. Now it's moving off. Over the hill. It's gone. What was it? Well, it, it, it could be a temperature inversion. It, it does that. It's an unidentified flying object. You and I have just seen one. Our mystery drama... The Man Who Saw Martians was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Jack Grimes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Some folks believe the most fascinating events can only happen to those who live in big cities. This is quite untrue, and today's mystery theater story will prove it. Extraordinary happenings will occur to those who live in Hudson Falls, a small town where a young man and a young lady sit on a porch glider of an evening. Amos, I wish you wouldn't keep asking me. I haven't made up my mind. Susan, when are you going to? Don't you love gliders? I mean, they're so... Old-fashioned and sweet. Mother and Dad spooned on this when they were first married. Well, I guess you're not going to give me a positive answer tonight. Now that she's passed away, Dad never sits out here anymore. (laughs) Okay, I'll change the subject. I am being considered for the job of assistant editor to Harris on the newspaper. I'm very pleased. Well, I thought you'd be. That's why I had to come over and tell you. I mean, I'm pleased Dad is taking such a personal interest in his newspaper. Becoming a publisher has given him something to do. Doesn't he have any hobbies or or friends? Dad's never been close to people. He spent all his time making money and now buying the Hudson Falls Gazette. Money's been his only interest. You know, Susan, we could give him something no money can buy. And I, I bet it'd give him a whole new lease on life. We could? A baby. Amos, I haven't even agreed to marry you yet. 
Okay, then what about it? I've been asking you for two years now. Amos, I don't see myself married to you. Because I want to be married to someone who's going somewhere. What are you? A reporter on a small-town newspaper. Even if you got to be editor-in-chief, it's going nowhere. You're not ambitious. And I don't want to go nowhere with you. Amos, hmm? look up there, quick. Between the moon and that tall tree. It's coming closer. What is it? Today was the 4th of July. Instead of the 4th of December, I'd say it was a blue pinwheel firecracker gone crazy. It's not that. It's not spinning. It's lighting up the sky and coming this way. It's moving on. It's going over the hill past the baseball diamond. It's gone. Amos, what was it? Well, it, it could be a temperature inversion. It, it does that. Temperature? What are you talking about? That was an unidentified flying object. And you and I have just seen it. There is no such thing as UFOs, Susan. You don't think they're possible? Of course not. You mean a saucer with little green men on it? I don't think you're being funny, Amos. The joke could be on you. Well, whatever it was, it's worth a picture. Now, if I were the assistant editor, I'd ask Jack if he had his camera ready. Jack? Jack who? Jack Sperry. Remember him from high school? He always liked you. Anyway, he's been a freelance photographer, and he came back to Hudson Falls and joined the paper last week. He's uh, sharing my place. Susan, whatever you think of me, I, I want you to know I love you. Even though you believe in visitors from outer space. You're hopeless. You've got a closed mind. I can believe anything is possible. You can't. And that, my friend, is the difference between us. Amos! Hmm? Is that you? Wait till you see these shots I just developed. Oh, doggone it. You smelled up the bathroom again, making it into a dark room. Now, 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 watch it. Watch it. These blow-ups are wet. Uh, you you took these? Yeah, yeah. Just an hour ago, I was standing outside, and all of a sudden, I saw this big flying silver pie, a hundred feet in diameter, windows all around it, come zooming over the hill. Look, look. Look at this one. Not bad, huh? A little grainy, even though I opened her up as far as she'd go. But they were traveling, man. I'll bet you Harris will print these on the front page tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. But the caption will read, Fake or phony? Pixies play pranks. Uh, could be, but it'll liven up the gazette. Uh, oh, hey, how'd you make out with Susan? No, oh, I didn't even get up to bat. You know, I've been asking her to marry me for two years now. Jack, those shots you took... You know, we saw that thing flying around. Hey, Jack, I have an idea. W will you go along with it? Well, if it doesn't get me fired. Ah, if we do this right, it might even get you a promotion before you've been on the staff two weeks. What time is it, Jack? Why, you're not planning to break any speed records in this old car, are you? No, I just want to get to the top of this hill without being seen. That's, uh, quarter after ten. Oh, hey, where were you today? I looked for you at lunchtime. I spent most of the day in the library. Reading up on our, uh, project, Operation Goofo. Uh, very funny. 
there's a whole shelf on UFO. People who've seen spacecraft actually been on board. You know, you keep reading that stuff. You can get to believe someday it could happen to you. Tony, uh, I didn't want to wait that long. You really think what we're going to do is the only way to Susan's hunt? Well, I'm willing to gamble. You think this whole jalopy will make it to the top of the hill? Oh, she'd better. It's around that bend, then about 50 yards. If I don't make it to the top, then the whole plant falls through. All right, now, Jack, when we get up there, we just got to hope that the brakes will hold so that she doesn't roll down the other side before we're ready. Nice going. Now, do you see anyone ahead coming up the hill towards us? Mm, no, not a soul. Okay, then let's get out on the double. You are really going through with this? I sure am. I can always take the bus to work. <laughs> well, what about me? When you show Harris the pictures you're about to take, you'll get a bonus big enough to buy two cars. I'd never do this to make a girl marry me. She said I'd never get anywhere, and I had no imagination. Well, we'll see. This old bus of yours is a real beauty. How can you part with her? Would you stop talking? Your camera loaded? What do you think? All right, now, I'll release the handbrake. You push the car forward on your side. I'll push from mine. I just hope the steering wheel stays straight and we let her rip. Okay, so she rolls downhill and crashes into some tree down there or into that stone fence. And we run like the devil after her. I mess myself up with dirt and lie down somewhere near it like I was thrown from the wreck. And I just take as many pictures as I can, right? Uh. Oh, hey, uh, how come I didn't get hurt? We talked about this. You were riding with me. When the UFO ran us off the road, you had the presence of mind to jump clear right away. And because pictures are your business, your natural reflex was to take pictures of everything in sight. Now, once you got what you want, I'll, I'll hoof it to the nearest phone and I'll call old Horace Bailey and tell him what happened. That way Susan will hear about it first. Gotcha. Okay, now. One, two, three, push it. There she goes. Run after her. But that. Oh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, okay. You jumped out. Remember that. Uh-huh. Now, I've got to get close to her and see if I can get singed to somehow make it look like I was inside when the UFO sideswiped. Hey, Amos, you are not getting any closer to those flames. Wait a minute. I, I know what. I'll take off my clothes, tie them to the end of a stick, and then poke them into the fire just to get them a little burned. Oh, Amos, don't do it. She no. could explode again. It's not worth it. Forget it. Hey, Amos. You're not taking off your pants, too. Everything I've got to to make it look authentic. I'm supposed to take pictures of this? Not yet. Not until I singe the clothes and get them back on. That's the whole idea. Amos, something is going to go wrong. Somebody is going to see the flames and we'll be mobbed. Hey, uh, Amos, Uh, you're not taking off your shorts, too, are you? Well, how's it going to look if my clothes are burned but my underwear is... Amos! Amos, where are you? Oh, oh, this black smoke. He said I should keep taking pictures. Amos! Amos, you okay? Amos! Somebody pulled the alarm. They're sending a pumper. Doggone it. My clothes fell off the stick right into the fire. Uh, Are you okay? You didn't get burned? No, it's all right. It'll make a better story. Jack, why aren't you taking pictures? This is what the UFO did to me. Shots of you naked? Don't worry about it. It can always be retouched. Here they are. You better skedaddle. Over here, you guys. 
Amos, beat it. Two firemen are coming. They've got a portable foam extinguisher. Okay, stand back, you. Hey, you, taking the pictures. I mean you. Hey, hey, watch it. There's a man behind the burning car. Watch, we aim that home. Stand back, Tony. Hey, you with the camera. Chuck, aim that foam higher, will you? Hey, stop. Will you stop? You're drowning me. Let me out of here. Chuck, turn your phone down. Look at him. Boy, if you ain't a sight, mister. What are you doing out here on this frosty night, naked as a jaybird, standing behind a burning car? You, uh, warming your hands, mister? Operator, I know it's late, but would you please keep ringing? It's an emergency. Mr. Bailey? Who is this? Mr. Bailey, this is Amos Jones. I've taken the liberty of calling you at this hour because I've been witness to an attack by a creature or creatures from outer space. It's an important news story. You're holding that. Just hold it. Who is this? Amos Jones. I work for you on the Gazette. Uh, what time is it? It's, it's 4 a.m., sir. I was driving along and I was forced off the road by a UFO. It hit my car. I'm in the firehouse, sir. In the firehouse? What are you doing there? Well, they're looking for a pair of pants to fit me. I I lost all my clothes in the fire. I was hit by a UFO, sir. I heard you the first time. You weren't hit hard enough. Uh, You'll be in my office in the morning, and you'd better be wearing pants. Have you noticed how some people can't seem to do anything right? Even on Mystery Theater. Here is Amos Jones, young reporter who tries to impress the girl he wants to marry by wrecking his car to make it appear he was attacked by some arsonist from outer space. Just how far does Amos think this stunt will get him? You have no idea the surprises that are in store for Amos and yourselves. I shall be back shortly with Surprising Act Two. Just because a young reporter fakes an encounter with a UFO doesn't mean that many haven't been sighted around the world. There are countless affidavits, published accounts, and sworn testimonies, not only of sightings, but by people who believe they have been taken aboard a flying saucer. Up in Hudson Falls, it was a week of notoriety and ballyhoo, the value of which did not escape publisher Horace Bailey. Amos, I think we've got a tiger by the tail here. You've come up with some first-class, first-hand news, and we cannot let the story die away. Oh, Mr. Bailey, I'm still shook up about that first encounter. Uh, when you see Susan, I, I hope you'll tell her that. I, I haven't been able to get a hold of her. You were near death, my boy. Yeah, when that extraterrestrial machine came down right, right on top of us and, and sideswiped us, I really thought that was the end. Well, I, for one, would like to keep that story alive. It it came at me buzzing like a a giant beehive, a a streak of blue light. All those little windows in a saucer, a hundred feet long, Mr. Bailey. A hundred? The first story we sent across the wire, you said fifty. Now, you shape up, boy. Now, which is it, fifty or a hundred? 
A good reporter remembers details. Well, there'd be, well, you try remembering with all those strange faces looking at you out of the portholes as that darn thing buzzes by. <laughs> this has just hit me. The tower on top of the Gazette building. Hmm? The, the one on the right side, we never put the water tank in it. Oh, ideal. Amos, I am turning the tower into an observatory, and in it, I'm installing a telescope and perhaps even an automatic camera. Push a button, and it keeps taking pictures. And you, Amos Jones, I am putting you in charge. Well, that's very nice of you, Mr. Bailey. I'd, I'd, I've been meaning to ask. You, Amos, will be our nightly watchman protecting our civilization. Uh, you had a question? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I didn't have any insurance on my car. I, I, I couldn't get collision because it's more than five years old. By Monday, everything will be installed. Well, do you think the Gazette could get me a replacement? Well, I'll talk to the board. You know, a man like you who's in charge of his country's first privately endowed Center for Non-Terrestrial Study, NTS, should have transportation to return to his home at five in the morning. You five? Duty roster, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Your watch, my boy. You mean for me to spend my nights waiting for UFOs? When do I sleep? In the day. This is for science, Amos. If these Martians, or uh, whatever they are, like it here, they may start commuting. Who knows? They'll be back, and we will be ready. Every night? Well, I think there ought to be a couple of people working in shifts. I mean, don't you think I deserve a more... Normal schedule? More normal than what? It's Susan, Mr. Bailey, your daughter. I I know she's my daughter. Well, when am I going to see her? She works days in that law office. I'll be working nights, so I figure I ought to get Saturdays and Sundays off. Not to begin with, Amos. It's weekdays and weekends. Remember, Hitler always struck on a weekend. Uh, uh, So did Napoleon. We can't relax our vigil for a moment. Say, this is some great spot you have up here, Mr. Astronomer, in your telescopic tower. No, cut it out, Jack. No, no, I mean it. Hey, look at that telescope. What an observatory. (laughs) I got a good deal for old man Bailey. Two cameras, automatic. So I've loaded one with Triax, the other with infrared. You are so lucky. Will you shut up? The whole crazy idea has boomeranged on me. I'm on duty here every single night. Oh, that's a real shame. Yeah, Susan won't talk to me on the phone. I don't know what's wrong. Here I go and cook up this whole scheme about UFOs that she was so excited about, and suddenly it's nothing doing. You haven't seen her? Saturday, Sunday, I call her. She's not home. I I leave messages. Here it is Monday, and I'm I'm on this cockamamie UFO watch, and, and, and what for? Now, what kook from outer space is going to fly by the village green of Hudson Falls to be observed and photographed? It's insane! Gee, I'm sorry it worked out this way. Well, what can you do? Well, there's got to be another sighting. That's what. I'd like to hang around and take the pictures for you, but these uh, these cameras are a cinch. Just push the button and you're in business. Ah, no. These sightings are going to be in my head, Jack. You understand? I'll get action from Susan and old Horace Bailey. You see if I don't. Believe me, I'm not spending any more nights in an empty water tower just because Napoleon declared war on a weekend. So this 
is where you and Amos live, Jack. It's a nice little apartment. Oh, we manage to keep out of each other's way. Uh, Susan, uh, what I was saying on the way over is, uh, do you think it's fair? I mean, Amos feels like Napoleon banished to St. Helena. Do we have to talk about Amos? You asked me here to come see your portrait work. And I'm really into photography. Oh, I'll have them out in a minute, Susan. Oh, if you like some white wine, just help yourself. You see, I've been taking portraits for a heck of a long time, and... Uh, oh, yeah, here we are. Uh, now, this is the folder I'd like you to see. I'll uh, set the pictures flat on the table. Take your time. These are beautiful. I had no idea. Uh, well, newspaper work is just for now to support myself until I've got enough solid good prints to oh, get me an agent or interest a gallery. Photographs are really big now. Oh, um, while you're looking, I... I, I I just have to talk about Amos. Famous Amos. Now, I'm not kidding, Sue. He's had a raw deal. and So I was thinking, could you, uh, could you put in a word with your father? What word? Well, make him understand that being cooped up in an old water tower, just waiting for a UFO to heave into view, is a waste of time. Do you really believe he was attacked by a flying saucer, and so his car burst into flames? Why, well, it was there, wasn't it? Loyal Jack was there. That doesn't answer my question. Well, what do you think? Amos made it up? What about the pictures I took? Your pictures show a car on fire and Amos running around in his birthday suit. There isn't a UFO anywhere. Well, of course not. The thing had gone by then. Is that why you don't answer when Amos calls? You don't believe it? This whole center for non-terrestrial study is a joke. I'll make a deal with you. I won't say I think you may be in cahoots with Amos if you take me to the Founder's Day picnic tomorrow. Okay. I guess so. You do that, and I'll keep my suspicions to myself. Susan, you are the prettiest blackmailer I ever met. But I still want you to remember, Amos is my friend. Good morning, Mr. Bailey. Yeah, I, I've got something important to report. Yes, good morning, Amos. <sighs> you have? You, you saw another flying saucer. Oh, better than that. One of them landed on the village green last night, and they took me inside it. Hey, Amos, go, Amos, you don't mean it. It took you inside. What was it like? Well, I've written the entire story down here, and I want you to read it very carefully. Hold, hold, hold everything. Uh, hello, uh, Miss Mergenweiler. Get me Harris. <laughs> Here, now, let me have a look at your copy. Two men, pink suits, gray faces, led me into ship windows all around, doors, oval-shaped, strange symbols on door. Amos, I can't believe I'm reading this. Okay. Uh, place me onto golden table, tube, fastened to the middle of my body, strap me down, table spinning. <laughs> it's too much, Amos. It's too much for a mere mortal to comprehend. Well, I, I underwent a, an unusual flowing feeling, Mr. Bailey. It, it, it's hard to explain in our words. Then the table stopped. It, it, it's, it's all written down there. Then they, they let me get up. And one of them said, it worked. And the other one said, we'll get them all now. All of them. What did they mean? Well, I would say... Those who were sent from outer space plan to take over our civilization. They are not friendly. They're to be feared. 
Jack, it's not that I don't care for Amos. It's that I think I like you better. Sue, I can't do this to him. This has got to be the last time we meet. The whole town's here on the green picnicking. It's not as if we were alone. Think of Amos. You've known him all your life. He's crazy about you. You can see the Gazette building from here. Look up there. In that tower, there he sits. A lonely watchman ready to give the alarm if we're invaded. Nice try. Amos isn't protecting anybody. Come on. How can you say that when he risked his life last night being forced on board a spacecraft? One that didn't make a dent on the green? You don't think it's strange that no one else in town saw it land? Look, Sue, I said I'd take you to the picnic. We've eaten all the sandwiches. We finished off the beer. I've got a couple of rolls of film I have to develop and print. So if you don't mind, I'll be on my way. Okay, Jack. I'm... I'm sorry we don't seem to get along. Sue, we could, believe me. But so long as there's Amos, we can't. Hey, Amos. Okay, if I come in, I... I know it's late, but you're on duty. Well, I'm playing solitaire, or I deal you a hand. Amos, um, this thing is kind of snowballing. Aren't you afraid it'll get out of hand? Uh, civilization, as we know it, is being threatened, if that's what you mean. Did Horace Bailey tell you the call he got from Washington? No, I haven't seen the old man for two weeks. Not since I handed him my eyewitness account. I've been too busy. The White House is impressed with your early warning system for UFO attacks. I expect there'll be public recognition of my efforts. Amos, hey, come off it. We know this whole McGill about you being taken aboard a spacecraft is so much baloney. Oh, we know that, do we? Don't put your head in the sand, Jack. The only way we can gear ourselves to combat an invasion from enemy planets is for everyone to hate space. Now, did, did you hear me? Quote, hate Space, unquote. I know. I've seen nothing but hate space billboards and bumper stickers. I got to hand it to you. You sure know how to get publicity. Hate space. You know, you almost have me believing it. Well, don't you, Jack? I know you've been dating Susan, and that's why I haven't got a chance with her. You're the reason. So when you come up to my observatory and say, Hey, Miss, don't you trust me? My answer is, no, I don't. Okay. Okay, I get the message. I thought you'd let me explain. As an old friend. Nice try, old buddy. But our friendship is off. I don't believe it. It, 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 it's, It's because I'm cooped up here night after night. I'm imagining a flying saucer just landed on the roof. Oh, someone's pulling a stunt. No stunt, Mr. Jones. Huh? Who, 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 who are you? How, how did you get in here so fast? The answer to your question is one you are not capable of understanding. My name is Smith. You may call me Mr. Smith. Uh, why are you dressed like that? A, a, a suit? No, no pockets. It's like you're wearing a, 
flannel skin. You should also take note, Mr. Jones, that I have only one eye in the middle of my forehead and no mouth. You are hearing what I say from a sender receiver on top of my head. What is this? Is some game or something? Are you, are you, you, you trying to scare me? Because, because I want you to know that I, I don't scare easily. If you ask me, Amos has opened a Pandora's box. Check your mythology, and you'll find that Pandora was sent to Earth by the god Zeus and fooled Epimetheus into thinking the box was a wedding present from the gods. On their wedding night, Pandora opened the box, and out flew clouds of death, disease, and destruction throughout the world, which is how we came by them. Only one good thing remained inside Pandora's box... And that was hope, which is all I can offer you when I return shortly with Act Three. It didn't turn out exactly as Amos Jones had figured it. You see, Amos wanted to marry the boss's daughter, Susan. Susan believed in the unbelievable, and so, to impress her, Amos concocted stories of having met men from outer space. And now, poetry has become truth. Amos has actually been visited by an unearthly person, a Mr. Smith, a real non-terrestrial, with one eye, no ears or mouth, yet an ability to hear and speak. You ask, Mr. Jones, why I am dressed in this fashion. This is not my clothing, what you call gray flannel. It is my skin. Sure, a funny-looking get-up. You're doing very well in masking your fears. But let me assure you, I am not here to frighten you. Well, you... What do you want from me? A great deal, I'm afraid, Mr. Jones. You have done all our interplanetary cousins a great injustice, and by extension, yourselves. I have? You have. Through some extraordinary chance perception, you have been able to describe a great many of our life support and travel systems. However, because humans are basically ignorant, you have created a monster. You have painted us as desiring the Earth's annihilation. And before I and my brothers return from whence we came, you will have to publicly forswear your hate space jingoism and admit to the world you told untruths. You manufactured outright lies. It, it, it was all a mistake. It, it snowballed. You see, there's this girl, Susan. Unless you reverse completely the falsehoods you have maligned us with, we shall change the angle of the sun so that your world is burned to a crisp instantly. Oh, you wouldn't. Would you? And... Not an atom or an electron in any of the galaxies would be any the wiser. Your planet will never be missed. What? You couldn't, Mr. Smith. Five thousand years up in smoke? Jones, we are a proud and peaceful race. You are the troublemakers and the warriors. For centuries we have been hopeful you would have come to your senses and we could join you and show you how to attain peace and plenty. Space, Mr. Jones, is not to be hated but loved. 
No. Okay. The ball is in my court. I, I, I've got to figure out a way of stopping what I started. You work on it. And let's see some progress when we return tomorrow night at this same time. You're going now? For a little cruise and survey. Would you care to have a look aboard before we leave? Who, me? Inside of one of those? Thing? Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. Uh, too bad. Yeah, no. It's an experience not unlike the one you dreamed up, but without a gold table. By the way, these automatic cameras can only photograph what was made or born or grown on your planet. <laughs> Nothing else. I did. Amos, I was working late. I look out my window and there's this big orange thing whizzing off the road, shooting out blue flames. Uh, what were they doing here, Amos? Well, one of them came to see me. Did you get his picture? I'm just checking now. You... Now, the automatic shutter seems to have melted. Oh, my boy, you were very brave indeed, considering how dangerous these creatures are. Mr. Bailey, I'm afraid I made a big mistake. I'd like to go on record as saying space people, those from galaxies beyond, are not harmful. They mean us no harm. They're good people. And to hate space would be a catastrophe, a national calamity. They would like to be friends. They'd like to help us. We don't need any help like that. Anyway, it's out of my hands. Washington knows the whole story. If I were Washington, I'd ring this town with anti-aircraft guns and a fleet of fighter planes, so if they ever come back, we will be ready for them. <laughs> Hello? Is that you, Amos? Amos, you've done it again. I was in the park with Sue, and we saw a UFO set right down on the roof of the Gazette building. How'd you do it, Amos? It's fantastic. It, uh, who is this? It's Jack. Who's this? This is Mr. Bailey, and uh, are you Jack the photographer who works for me? Well, yes, sir, that's me. Uh, where's Amos? He's right here. Do you wish to talk to him? No, no, no. I, I just wanted to let him know that I saw him. Yeah, well, so did I. And I'm up in the observatory with him. Now, you better come up here, Jack. Your cameras didn't work. They got jammed or melted or something. Step on it. Mr. Bailey, if we don't tell the truth that there are great people, a, a kind people, and that I lied about them, if I can't get the people to believe that, they're going to blow us right out of the galaxy. It's the end. Amos, I think you're somewhat overwrought. Now, it's a great strain meeting enemies from out there. Now, you just let me take care of all the details from here on in. Okay? Must have dozed off. I... Mr. Smith! Yeah. So you're still up here in the tower? Uh, Mr. Smith, where have you been? I, I, I've been a nervous wreck for a week. You said you'd be back the next day. Mr. Jones, 
We wanted to give you time to make the necessary repairs to our reputation, but I'm afraid time wasn't on our side. Mr. Smith, you've got to believe me. I went on the air, on television, I gave newspaper interviews, but I don't seem to be able to stop that hate space movement I started. We've waited a long time, and our patience is very thin. Every five centuries when we return, nothing has changed. Humans still prefer trouble as a way of life. Uh, You're not going to move the sun, are you? Give us a break. Mr. Jones, you will come with us. Now? On on board your ship? Where are you taking me? For a little ride. Don't you see, by taking me away from Earth in this spacecraft, you ruin any chance you might ever have of getting your message across. I'll say this for your species. You never stop arguing and you never stop trying. But, Jonesy, when you die, what happens then? We're back where you began, and you began in the cave days. Of course, if you married and had children, word could be passed along. Now, there's only one girl I would marry, and she won't have me. This young lady, where is she now? Hmm? Probably sitting on her front porch with Jack on the same porch glider we used to sit on. Ah, what is the address? You're going there? Well, you, you'd never set this saucer down in her backyard. It's too small. It, well, I'll tell you what, though. There's a little league ballpark about a half a block away from Susan's house. You could land there. I feel sorry for Amos. I really do. It's all my fault. Oh, look. Hmm? Did you see that blue flash in the sky? It's gone now. Disappeared behind those trees. It's northern lights or temperature inversions. Take your pick. You sound like Amos did the first night we saw it. When I wanted to talk about him, you didn't. Now I don't, and you still do. Ah, hello, Jack. (gasps) Susan? (sighs) Amos, you scared me. What do you mean creeping up on us in the dark like this? Uh, Jack, there's a gentleman in back of the house who'd like to meet you. Oh, well, bring him around. Well, he's a stranger and a little shy. I'll, I'll walk you back to him. Okay. Um, Susan, I'll be back soon. Amos, what are you doing here? Where is Jack? Well, he's talking to this party. What's going on back there? I I hear strange sounds. I can't quite make out. Well, why don't you come back with me and see? You're being so mysterious. Uh, It's actually a little further up the street, uh, in, in the baseball diamond. Uh, how are you and Jack getting along? We're good friends. Oh, Amos, why did you go through all that hocus-pocus? You don't really believe I've ever been in touch with those from outer space, do you? Amos, I really cared for you before all this. Now, where is Jack? Jack? Are you over there? I think he's just behind this big clump of pines. Why didn't you tell me? It's a real UFO. 
It's tremendous. Those flashing blue lights means it's about ready to take off. I can't believe my eyes. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like you to meet my friend, Mr. Smith, who's in charge of this expedition. Uh, uh, you'll do so. Uh, she has fainted. You'd better hold on to her, Mr. Jones. Oh, that is the young lady. Susan. Susan, are you all right? I have noticed over the centuries, Earth females appear to feel a weakness in their legs and a cloudiness over their eyes when they see us for the first time. It's the lack of mouth and ears, I expect. And to hear a faceless creature speak. Oh, please. Excuse me, Mr. Smith. I was unprepared for the truth. Uh, yes, I see. Well, Mr. Jones, you can prepare the lady. Goodbye, friends. I hope the next time we arrive on your planet, your civilization will be, shall we say, more civilized. Where am I? Your name is Jack, is it not? Yes. Oh, my God. Is, is this a nightmare or is this for real? To answer your first question, Mr. Jack, take a look out of the porthole nearest you. Do you see? We are climbing upward. The sun is rising with us. You're, you're kidnapping me. Not at all. On our planet, you will have eternal life. But... Why me? Well, it seemed to us you were complicating matters between Mr. Jones and Miss Susan, and we required them to mate and produce offspring. A matter of spreading a belief. But you will be helpful to us. How? It's a sample of today's earthling to study. Will I... Will I ever get back home again? To Hudson Falls? Certainly. We are not barbaric. We do plan to pay another visit to your world in a few hundred years, Earth time. By then, we would hope hatreds of all kinds will have died. We can wait. We are a patient people. It's an axiom that we hate some persons because we do not know them. And we will not know them because we hate them. Is our tale that much a fantasy or is it perhaps a disguised fact? It could all happen. Somewhere in space, there could be those of superior ideals who are right this moment watching us and waiting for the day when we might all join hands for a better life. I shall return shortly. Two thousand years ago, the Roman poet Lucretius wrote, Nature is not unique to the visible world. We must have faith that in other regions of space there exist other Earths inhabited by other people and animals. In 1500 A.D., the astronomer Copernicus had the same idea. And a thousand years later, the great philosopher Bruno agreed. But society disagreed. And in 1600, Bruno was burned at the stake. My point is, 
Who knows how many light years ago the Columbus of the cosmos may have started for your doorstep. Our cast included Jack Grimes, Jada Rowland, Russell Horton, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I was born under a lucky star. I am the seventh son of a seventh son. I am destined to be rich. The seventh son of a seventh son. According to all the legends... Mendel, I said goodbye. Stan. Huh? What? Your money or your life? What are you saying? Your money or your life? <sighs> Go ahead, take my life. I'm not joking. And I am? Look, my friend. You gave me a choice. I chose. I'm warning you. I don't have any money, so it has to be my life. What do you mean you don't have any money? Everybody has to have something. Nothing. But don't tell me you have nothing at all. Not a copper penny. So go ahead, shoot. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time... Pleasant dreams.